Okay, hey, welcome to the Win Your Health podcast where we educate and empower people to win their health so that they can win their life. This is Dr. Ryan Sowsley. And I'm Dr. Aaron Sowsley. And we are very excited to get this podcast back up and running. Um, it's been a couple of years and um, we just felt led to get this thing cranking again. So we took a couple of years off because we had quite a bit of life happen over the last couple of years. We had another baby. So we've got four precious babies now, um, 10, eight, five, and almost three. And uh, yeah, life's just been cooking along. So we're very excited to have the podcast back up and running. We're going to try to get these out every week again. And um, yeah, so Dr. Aaron, why don't you give us an update on life and everything that's going on with us? Yeah, so we Actually, at the end of 2020, we purchased our forever property, which was a big lifestyle change for us, moving out to 10 acres from being downtown in the middle of it all, very convenient location, close to everything, to now having space, being out in nature, which has always been a dream for us so that we can have a big garden and just have our kids growing up in the country. Um, but along with that came, you know, a big lifestyle change for us, which we've totally adapted to, and it's been beautiful. Um, so that's been a huge win for our family. Another huge win is that I completed my first marathon and ultra marathon in 2021. So that was a big year for me fitness wise. We've got another ultra marathon coming up in six weeks. Race the Wolf. Do you want to touch on that one? Yeah, I do. Um, and actually, this this is a great segue into just kind of the most recent happenings for us. So we just got back from a seminar in Dallas, Texas, just this last weekend that was all about pediatric chiropractic and got to learn from some really great people. Dr. Tony Ebel, who's a pediatric chiropractic specialist, and Dr. Larry Polevsky, who is a pediatrician, um, but he actually works in a wellness clinic, wellness center in New York that's actually owned by a chiropractor, but they have you know a bunch of different wellness services, including pediatric medicine, and he's very much in alignment with our holistic uh, approach to health and our you know advocacy of vitalism. But anyway, um, the reason why I brought it up is both you and I got to speak, and it was really fun. And maybe you can touch on some of the stuff that you. Got to speak on, um, but my you know my my talk was all about how fortune favors the brave, um, and I think when when people hear that, like I know when I hear that, you know you think about two things. You think about like people you know rushing into battle and being brave and summoning all of their courage, and then uh, you know if you hear fortune favors the brave, you think like oh like you you act out of bravery and you act out of courage and then everything works out on the other end, you know, like you win the battle, you get the job, you get the promotion, you, you know, hit the winning shot, you win the game, you have this amazing life. Um, but what we all know to be true is that oftentimes it's the exact opposite. You know, in fact, I think most of life's greatest and most valuable lessons, which to me is the most valuable thing in life, you know, I mean, the thing that the things that transcend um, money or status or cars or houses or success, um, it's the knowledge and the experiences, the relationships, 
the memories that we make along the way, because no matter how much money you do or don't have, um, you know, these are the things that you ultimately leave as a legacy. But oftentimes you have to fail or go through failure in order to, you know, accumulate these lessons. And so the reason why I bring it up is Race the Wolf last year, it's a 52K ultra marathon up in the mountains, up in Schweitzer Mountain, Idaho, which is about an hour north of us. And, uh, you know, we, we chose to do this event with a bunch of friends of ours, a bunch of other max living chiropractors from all around the country. We spent six months training together and, um, you know, just looking forward to it and anticipating this race. And it was going to be this big epic adventure and we got to host the whole thing. And so, um, you know, we had a film crew come out that was going to create this little documentary out of the whole thing. And long story short, I didn't make it. So um, about 24 miles in, we were having a massive heat wave that week. In fact, I think up on the mountain, it was close to 95 degrees and I'm a bit of a sweater, uh, which is an understatement, kind of an understatement. I mean, I, I sweat a lot. Um, anyway, so I just couldn't keep up with my nutrition and my hydration and, you know, 24 miles in about halfway up, um, you know, the longest ascent in the race, which is about two and a half miles and about 2000 feet of elevation gain, um, which, you know, normally if you think about like running or walking two and a half miles, you would think like, oh, I could probably do that in like 30 minutes. Like even if I was going really slow or an hour, if I was like crawl pace, um, this took us like two hours. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was so steep, so hot. And, um, and our legs were fried by that point. Yeah. And this is at the, you know, towards the tail end of this race, but, yeah. um, so yeah, my, my body totally shut down, cramping, um, had trouble doing basic math problems, just cognitively kind of losing my, my faculties, if you will. And, um, you know, you'll have to, you'll have to get online and watch the, the little mini documentary if you want to hear the whole story. But the point is that I had to be pulled from the race. Um, Aaron stayed with me. You stayed with me for a long time while the, while the rest of the group, you know, went ahead so they could make sure and make the cutoffs. And the, the amazing part of the story is even though you stayed back with me and got me to the top, um, to the aid station, you actually were able to make the cutoff, caught up with the group and not only caught up with the group, but actually ended up leading the charge towards the finish line. Um, which is, I mean, it just blew my mind that you could even do that after, you know, staying with me for so long and you were suffering just as much as I was. But, um, my whole point in telling that whole story back to my talk in Dallas was that, you know, even though I've completed a bunch of Ironman triathlons and I was a very well decorated athlete in high school and even college, and I've had a lot of success, you know, with fitness and with athletics over the years, failing in this race, even though it was one of the more devastating things I've ever had to go through as far as athletics go, um, even still, what the lesson that I learned, you know, um, because we were with the group and just the love and the support that I got from you and the rest of the group. And even afterward, just the, the compassion and all of that, you know, from the group and everybody else, um, it was just so mind blowing. And what I learned is that I, I would much rather fail with those that I love and care about than win all alone. And that, that was the life lesson. And so how this kind of segues into fortune favors the brave is that, you know, in life, we, we all want the fortune, but in order to achieve the fortune, and again, I'm not talking about medals, money, or fame. I'm talking about the things that make life truly rich, like love and relationships 
and character and purpose. If we want to achieve those things, it requires bravery. But you have to know that when you when you act out of bravery, there's a good percentage of the time, if not the majority of the time, you're going to fail. But fortune requires failure. It requires risk. Um, and so, and I, you know, had to learn that the hard way through this race. But looking back on it, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Um, that being said, I don't take failure lightly. And so that's why you and I and most of that group are doing that same exact race in about six weeks. And um, the wolf is going down. That's right. We're going to get it this year. That's right. But, so anyway, that's that's kind of the update as far as, um, you know, what's, what's new with me. I've, I felt really blessed and honored to be able to give that talk. Um, and I, I hope that my story, um, you know, I, I know for sure it's it's motivated me to get better, you know, train harder, all the things. But, uh, you know, I hope that um, my experience encourages and blesses other people to do the same. Yeah, it was so difficult for us to see you in that state. And I know, you know, people listening right now, they just need to go watch that mini documentary so that they can get a full picture of everything that went down that day. And we've had an outpouring of support from people who had no idea. I mean, they knew that you raced, they knew that you didn't finish, but I don't think they fully understood how devastating that was for you. But also to see um, the good that came out of it and how there was this miracle point where I made it to the, the cutoff, somehow traversed this steep incline to make it there in time to, to move on. I mean, I think I made it there in like less than a few seconds before the cutoff time, which is the real miracle of it all because I thought I was out. I like completely had counted myself finishing out after the rest of the group went on. And I was, you know, I was at peace with that. But it was just for me as a human who's never done any sort of endurance athletics the way you have, it was just for me, I think just a huge boost of confidence to know what I'm actually capable of is so much more than I give myself credit for. And I think that's a lesson for everyone. Um, anyone who's never put themselves out there, taken a risk. I mean, I didn't sign up for the full race until it was like down to the wire. I was always signed up for the half race because I didn't think I could do it. And so my takeaway from that race last year was give yourself more credit. You're capable of so much more than you think you are. Um, but I, you know, I think it took us having to struggle and go through that loss for me to fully understand that. And now this year, it's going to be a totally different experience. So there's going to be winning all around. <laughs> I'm just hoping it's not 95 degrees again. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was it was amazing for me to see. Um, you know, I mean, I I knew you could do it all along. In fact, that's why I kept encouraging you to sign up for the full. Just do the full. Do the full. Do the full. Um, but you know, in 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 having me go down, it, it's almost like it woke something up inside of you because I was down yeah. and all of a sudden it was like you had to take this mantle that I had been carrying and carry it for the both of us. Yeah. And for me that, I mean, that was, that was the most emotional part of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, I've always known you were strong and capable and all the things, but when I, you know, I mean, just being who I am, like I naturally take the lead and I naturally, you know, d just do the work and, you know, charge ahead. So to see you 
you know, pick, pick up the baton, so to speak, and then do it for the both of us was, I mean, it was like one of my most proudest moments, you know, as, wow. a, as a husband and Thank just you. a human. So, well, I'm so glad that they caught this. I'm so glad that Daniel and his team captured that story, pieced it together so beautifully into this documentary that now we'll have forever. And I know people are going to want the sequel. And that's, <laughs> the, the that's the irony is when we first hired them to capture all this footage, it was like, oh, hey, come, come capture all this footage of all of us like finishing this race yeah. and celebrating. And it's going to be this memento of this big, huge accomplishment. What it mm -hmm. turned into being was like a documentary of, you know, how I didn't, how I didn't make it. And I don't yeah. want to take away from the fact that you and the rest of the group right. all made it. Right. Um, even after having to wait for me and all, you know, help me up the mountain, essentially, like you guys all got it together and found a way to still yeah. make it. Yeah. Um, and hit all the cutoffs and make it, you know, within regulation. So, um, yeah, I we probably should film the next one just to <laughs> just to prove the re or uh, document the redemption. But yes. so let's shift gears just a little bit because um, you know I want I want people to to get you know some of why we're doing this podcast is we want to share just events from our life and lessons learned um, through health and fitness and struggle in our family, but. You know, we also want to pass along the things that we are learning and experiencing in our practice. If you don't know, you know, we have a, a very large um, and successful wellness clinic in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. You know, we've got um, myself and you, and then we also have three other doctors that work in our clinic. We have a nutrition coach, um, and we're a part of a network called Max Living, which is uh, a movement of doctors that all practice the same way. And we practice these things called the five essentials. And these five essentials are, you know, the core tenets of vitalism and optimal health, which are mindset, nutrition, toxicity, uh, or detoxification, fitness, and chiropractic. And so if you go to a Max Living office anywhere in the world, you're going to experience those five things. So it's basically a holistic or vitalistic, you know, health care model. Um, and so we go to these seminars, we're on weekly coaching calls, you know, continuing education every single year, different certifications for different elements of those essentials. Um, and so we want to, you know, share a lot and pass along a lot of the information that we think you guys as the, as the audience might benefit, you know, in your life for you and your family. So, you know, the most recent thing that we went to was this pediatric chiropractic seminar. And it, you know, we, we didn't just hear from chiropractors, like I said, in the beginning, we heard from other healthcare practitioners as well, specifically this guy named Dr. Larry Pilevsky, who um, is kind of a, a kind of a giant in the world of pediatrics, and he's got a lot of attention, um, you know, because he's so like against the grain and, and not mainstream. You and know, he, unapologetically. Yeah, and so he's, not, he's not trying to hide it. I mean, that's no. the that's the New York in him, and um, you know he. Well, I'll, I'll let you kind of talk about what you got out of it and how, um, you know, how that applies to our practice and what we're doing about it, but also, you know, maybe what people can start to apply in their own, in their own lives. Something that he said that was very profound for me is he's, you know, doing a lot of kind of vision casting for how the pandemic and really a lot of events that led up to the pandemic have shifted the way parents are managing the health of their children. And something he said was, in the future, you know, there may not be primary care physicians. Like, let's put that responsibility and authority back into the hands of the individual, of the parent, 
to be the primary care provider for their child because a mom's or a dad's intuition about the health of their children is so much greater than that of a, a pediatrician or another primary care doctor. And that was super profound for me because you and I are both primary care providers, chiropractors, our portal of entry doctors, and we can diagnose, we can you know, look at a patient, look at their signs and symptoms and determine exactly you know, what is going on in their body and give it a name and decide, you know, is that something that we can treat in our office or is that something that we can refer out to a specialist? And so that's kind of how our primary care provider works. But what I loved about what Dr. Larry said is just we're putting that knowledge, we're putting that authority and wisdom into back into the hands of where it belongs. And I totally agree with this, that parents, and actually with all of the access to information that's out there, parents really have the ability to be that for their child. And that's a pretty profound statement. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, you kind of go into, well, what about regulatory boards and all of these things? But I can totally see where Dr. Pilevsky is going with this. And I, I really like the sound of it um, because we've taken so much of that away from parents and individuals in terms of their health. And you talk about informed consent and are those conversations free between a physician and a patient? And what COVID actually has shown us is that not that's not necessarily happening. You know, we're seeing a lot of one-way talking at a patient, not really giving them the freedom to formulate opinions about that product that maybe they're being forced to take or whatever it is. Um, so I love the idea of putting that authority back into the hands of the patient, of the parent, um, and I, I'm excited to see kind of how this conversation evolves. Well, and we saw we saw that happen organically with COVID. You know, mm -hmm. we saw this rising up of all these mama bears who just had questions. You know, yeah. both both pro vaccine, anti vaccine in the middle. It wasn't, you know, in my opinion, this 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 whole all of the all of the chatter and all the energy and all the whatever about you know vaccine and the mandates and all the things it's it's way less about whether you're pro or anti and it's way more about hey let's make sure that the public has access to accurate scientific information and that people have have the opportunity to ask questions that people have the opportunity to raise concerns and that ultimately people you know the choice ultimately rests with the individual. I mean, it's this thing called bodily sovereignty, which means your body is your property and you are sovereign or ultimately in control of everything that happens to it. And, and that's just a basic human principle that you have sovereignty over your body. And so because of that, you should be able to choose what you do and don't, don't do for your body and for your health. And, you know, obviously with COVID and all the mandates and, and the vaccines that were rushed to market, and got to bypass all of the you know you know strict um, testing and timelines and all those things. There was a lot of people that just had a lot of questions, you know. And what's unfortunate is because of uh, mainstream media, this um, unified narrative across all the media media platforms, across most political bodies and regulatory bodies. Um, you know, if if you didn't buy into that one narrative and that one. Uh, application of health, you know, people are being silenced. People are being silenced. People are um, being censored on TV. People are being censored on social media. 
Um, we're being told that if we even have questions, that we're being anti, um, you know, maybe even a form of domestic terrorism. I mean, that, that term has been used. And uh, I know a lot of patients of ours were fired by their pediatricians or by their medical doctors because they didn't fall in line and do what they were told. Or their jobs. Or, their, or, or Yeah, or they were fired from their jobs, which yeah. is a whole other story. And, and so listen, we're not saying you should be pro or anti, and, and we're not necessarily saying that we're one way or another. Um, what we are saying is that we should never lose the ability or the desire to, to ask good questions and to seek truth and to seek science and to be able to retain the right to make decisions for ourselves. Because once we give that up, um, it's just, I mean, there's, if you look back, I've, I've studied a lot of this over the last couple of years. If you look back, there's never been a nation in the history of the world that took the right to ask questions and make decisions from the people and had, and that nation actually ended up prospering. I mean, there's never once in history where the government started making decisions for people and people just took it and they just accepted it and they gave up their right and responsibility to ask questions and make decisions for themselves. There's never been a nation that prospered long-term in the history of the world. And so we just have to be really careful right now that we're not letting that happen. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe you could talk a little bit about just some of the some of the clinical things that you got from Dr. Pilevsky, you know, just in terms of his perspective on what I thought was really interesting, maybe you could speak to this, is like his perspective on chiropractic, because he's not a chiropractor, mm -hmm. but he works in a clinic, you know, that's owned by a chiropractor, but he, he's not a chiropractor and his practice isn't necessarily integrated directly with the chiropractic clinic. However, he had some really interesting things to say about chiropractic and how chiropractic maybe could and should potentially be integrated into every child's healthcare, you know, model or healthcare um, program. Do sure. you, you want to talk about that? Sure. I mean, I know that in his practice in New York, you know, he sees a, the full spectrum of, pa of pediatric patients, you know, kids that are healthy from birth, parents, you know, raise them naturally, holistically, and then he'll see pediatric patients who have been damaged by the world, whether it was the birthing process, whether it was toxins that were injected, diet, a whole host of things. So he's seen the whole spectrum. And one of the biggest things, you know, we were in a case management um, part of our seminar with him where it was the doctors and he was basically taking in cases that were presented by doctors in Max Lemming's network and he's talking back and forth with the doctors about you know how to approach that case and the overwhelming theme that i was getting from each case that he uh, chimed in on was really let's look at let's look at the interference where's the interference and i feel like that is such a key foundation for what we do as chiropractors we look for the interference and we remove the interference in the nervous system and Dr. Plevsky, I think, understands that about chiropractors. He's been speaking at chiropractic seminars for decades, very well known in the chiropractic world. But he also, you know, is known in the acupuncture world, um, nutrition world. And in all of those segments, you know, he's looking at, you know, where is the interference? He's talking about not just, you know, toxins coming from vaccines, he's talking about the biology of the home, which I think is pretty profound for a lot of people. You don't think about your home 
being, you know, an environment or having its own biology, but we're talking about EMF radiation, um, we're talking about mold, you know, household cleaners, all these different sources paint of fumes, paint fumes, off-gassing from furniture. Uh, yeah, dust plumes from vacuums. Yeah, Wi-Fi. I mean, yeah. this is, these are things that we've been talking about for a long time, but I think to hear it coming from a pediatrician, you know, is, is amazing because that's so rare that you would ever see that. Um, so yeah, he's very into removing the interference. You know, he recognizes kids that have, uh, that are in a hypersympathetic state. And typically that happens when the nervous system is just in a fight or flight response that we see a lot of times starting from birth, birth trauma actually starting in the womb. If there's emotional trauma that the mom suffers, um, as I was talking about earlier, just like birth trauma, especially in a you know conventional medical setting where maybe interventions were used, that can create a lot of stress on the nervous system. So he really he he can actually see that in his practice and know, you know what, I think I need to refer you to this chiropractor um, to take interference out, you know, off the nervous system, which is well, great. And, that's, and I think just for a second, I think people need to understand like sympathetic um, being in a sympathetic state is like fight or flight. Yep. And basically, you know, I mean, I think it's intuitive. Most people know this. They probably just don't know that they know this. But when you're when you're in any environment, it's your nervous system that detects and interprets everything about that environment. What temperature is it is, you know, whether you're comfortable, whether you're not. Things, you know, touch like uh, smooth, rough, pain, pleasure. You know, all the information that's coming in through your eyes, ears, nose, throat, all your senses. All of that is processed by your in, your sensory integrating center through your nervous system. And so when you're in sympathetic mode or hypersympathetic mode, it's because there's too much information coming into the nervous system or your nervous system feels like there's a threat. And all of these little tiny things like, like EMF from, from Wi-Fi or a cell phone or a microwave or whatever, electric, dirty electricity, it's not a huge threat, but it's a micro threat. And so the nervous system has to take that on. So there's a little bit of sensory input. And then you, then you factor in um, you know, mental or emotional stress. And then you factor in toxins from you know, shampoo or cleaners or toothpaste that have chemicals. And then you factor in neurological interference because there's a vertebral subluxation from residual from the birth process. And then you factor in you know, baby formula or baby food that has you know, dirty, dirty uh, food ingredients in there. All of these little tiny things add up to sensory overload for a lot of babies. And then what he's seeing is that he's seeing, you know, just this massive spike in kids with ADHD and autism and autoimmune conditions and even childhood cancers. And we're sitting there, you know, as a country, we're, we're looking at it going, hey, what the heck? Like we have more drug, you know, we have more doctors than ever. We have better medicine than ever we have better health care we have we spend more money on drugs and surgery we have all this you know access at our fingertips to this you know quote unquote amazing cutting edge healthcare system and yet none of that is doing anything to stop this growth in the trajectory of the number of kids that have these things and what he's saying is that is it's exactly what you're saying there's just an overload of interference yeah and yeah the reason it's funny because i went out to breakfast with him the day after he taught our continuing ed uh, class and he goes, he, you know, I, I kind of asked him like, hey, why, why chiropractic? Like you're a pediatrician, we're a bunch of chiropractors, but you're here, you're the only pediatrician, like, and you, and this isn't your first rodeo, like you've been doing this for 20 years, why chiropractic? And he goes, well, you know what? When I when I heard the chiropractic principle that the body 
is a self-healing, self-regulating organism, and that the body has everything it needs inside of itself to heal itself as long as there's no interference. He goes, when I heard that, and I heard that chiropractors believe that, he goes, I've believed that my whole career. That's not chiropractic. That's a universal principle that applies to all of us. It's just that chiropractors took that principle and found a way to apply it in a really practical sense. Yeah. You know, and what we do most, mostly, you know, when people think of chiropractors, they think of, oh, you get your back cracked or you get your neck popped or whatever. And yeah, obviously that can happen with a chiropractic adjustment, but the essence and the principle of chiropractic is that when your spine, the, ver the uh, vertebrae in your spine shift out of alignment from various things like slips, trips, or falls, car accidents, sports injuries, bad posture, looking at your phone all day long, even the birth process, um, the vertebrae in your spine have the potential to shift out of alignment. And even just a small shift affects the nerves you know, coming out where that bone is in the vertebral column, and it can even affect the spinal cord at that level. And as, as you all know, the nervous system is what runs and controls every function of every cell, tissue, and organ in your body. And so that interference, you know, if you think about it, it's a lot more complicated and complex than this, but if you, think, if you were to think about a, a garden hose that's watering your lawn, and someone comes along and steps on the hose, even if they're not blocking the flow of water 100%, if they're interfering with the flow of water by let's say 10% or 20% or 50%, well, it's not gonna kill the lawn right away, but little by little, if the lawn's not getting enough water, over time, the lawn's gonna be unhealthy. And eventually it could even turn brown and die. And it's because there's an interference in the source of life that's creating health in the lawn in the lawn in the first place. And so that's exactly what happens when the spine shifts out of alignment and it's called a subluxation. Subluxation just means bone out of alignment that's affecting the nervous system and ultimately results in interference. And so what chiropractors have been doing all this time and what Dr. Polevsky is a huge proponent for and what he does in his practice, just not through chiropractic, is we look for and identify that the interference, not because the interference is what's causing your back pain, neck pain, headaches, because obviously with babies, you know, they're not coming in with migraines and sciatica, but interference leads to dysfunction or dis-ease in the body because of what it does to the nervous system. Um, and so maybe maybe you could talk just for a couple minutes before we wrap this up. Like when people, you know, I think a lot of people appreciate chiropractic, um, have been to a chiropractor, a lot of people have great chiropractic success stories. However, um, when you start talking about chiropractic for babies or mm -hmm. chiropractic for kids, you know, the question I would, question I, we always get in our, our clinic is like, well, why in the world would a baby need chiropractic? Sure. Or why would a kid need, especially ongoing chiropractic? Like it's one thing if a baby has like colic or jaundice or, you know, torticollis from, you know, a, a birth that went wrong or something like that. But, you know, most of our kids come in every week or every other week or once a month for routine maintenance, even if they have no symptoms at all. And in our opinion, that's, that's the population that needs chiropractic more than anybody else. Yeah. But a lot of people don't understand why. Yeah. So, you know, it's important to think about from the moment of conception, the, the baby is a living organism who's growing, whose nervous system is rapidly developing. And every emotional trauma, toxin that's taken in by the mom can potentially affect that process at any given point. And our bodies, including a little developing baby in the womb, is very resilient, capable of handling stress, 
but there comes a point, especially in this day and age, where we just have overload. So the mom might be in fight or flight mode fight or flight mode during her pregnancy for the majority of her pregnancy. That's not uncommon these days. And that's absolutely going to impact the growth and development of that baby. Um, and it will continue to affect the baby after birth. And so you think about that kind of trauma that occurs, just emotional trauma impacting the hormones in the mom, which then affects the baby. Um, you also look at the physical trauma of birth. We had an, you know four natural births. I we, you were there. Um, I participated. You did. I spectated. And <clears throat> all of them were unique and without intervention. However, our fourth was an anomaly for me because I had three previously really easy, mostly pain-free births, uneventful. And then when Layla came, it was a very prolonged, very emotional, very exhausting experience for me. We didn't realize why, but it was because she, she had become completely wrapped up in her cord and the body was just slowly allowing her to descend. Um, but because that took so long, I was under a lot of stress and I know that impacted her. You know, there's even the potential that she had some moments of hypoxia, even though we didn't sense that she was in fetal distress at all during the process. That definitely could have happened. And we started to notice, you know, when she was about three or four months old, that something was off compared to what a normal three to four month old baby um, might present as. And she was having some issues with her vision. We could see in her eyes that she was in fight or flight mode. Um, she would tense up. She would clench her fists and almost have like mini micro seizures if she was ever in a grocery store, for example, or if we were ever on, a, on an airplane, she would have these like hypersympathetic states where she was just, you could just tell she was clenched. She was, you know, tight, guarded. kind of flexed, yeah. guarded. Um, and so that, you know, if, if you ever notice that in a child, that's sympathetic overload, nervous system overload. And um, a lot of times that is because of interference in the nervous system, especially in the upper cervical region, which happened to be Layla's issue. It just, we would adjust it, it would come back. We'd adjust it, it would come back. And pretty quickly, by the time she was 12 months, when most babies should be pretty close to walking, if not already walking, assuming they went through a normal crawling um, phase first, that's the ideal is crawling, rolling, crawling, walking. Um, and I know the CDC just bumped this milestone up to 18 months to say that that's actually the normal age. Well, no, actually, no, it's still 12 months. It's just that well, so many kids are under yeah. stress. And normal is whenever your kid does it. Well, like you just got to be careful to, I mean, I, I just, you know, there's so many parents that come in and like, oh, my kid's in the X percentile of Y or Z. And it's like, yeah, that's, I mean, that's fine. But every, but yeah, I, I agree. Whenever the CDC categorically moves an entire you know, range up like that. Like they did that with blood pressure too. It's like, oh, normal yeah. blood pressure's, you know, 120 over 80. And then it became like, well, actually it's 130 over 90. And it was only because there were so many people who had higher blood pressure, you know. They... Common does not mean normal, yeah. right? So let's yeah. not um, move the goalposts because it's happening to more people. I do think, you know, it is, it is so important that a parent's intuition is listened to. Because for me, I, I sensed something was wrong. I am a practitioner, so I knew also just with my background, I knew that that was not okay. But you know, there is a point where it's like, no, there's probably something 
that needs to be addressed. And what I love about what we do is that we're looking at the body as this perfect whole, has everything it needs, let's just find the interference. Whereas a pediatrician might say, you know, like let's refer you to, you know, if it's a vision problem, let's refer you to this eye doctor and this eye doctor might say, oh, well, it's a muscular problem. Let's, you know, let's snip that muscle in the eye so that the eyes are level again or let's patch it. Yeah. We're not removing interference. We're actually just <laughs> completely causing more interference. So that's we're a whole, treating, treating symptoms, treating symptoms over yes. fixing the cause. Yeah. Yeah. So with chiropractic, I mean, we're looking at, you know, all these different things. We're looking at milestones. We want to watch the baby. Is the baby rolling over when the baby should be? Because that's a key um, foundation that the baby's setting neurologically and physically to be able to then get up on all fours and crawl. And then that's setting a new foundation to be able to stand and hold, support its weight and have, you know, normal balance and coordination so that they can take those first steps. Um, and so that's why it's so important in my mind for parents to have a chiropractor in their corner with eyes on their baby to say, you know what, I think I see some interference that could be happening in the nervous system that's impacting normal development. And I'm so glad that we went through what we went through with our daughter because I was actually, I realized that I had never seen a case like this. I need help. I need somebody who's done this before. And we you know, took her to a good friend of ours who actually specializes in, in this. Um, and you know, she, Layla's now walking, she's starting to run, um, her vision is improving. And all we've done, all we've done is removed interference consistently from her nervous system and allowed her body to do what it's supposed to do through gentle pediatric chiropractic. Yeah. Well, and, and ironically, that brings us full circle back to how fortune favors the brave <laughs> um, because it took, took a lot of bravery, mostly on your part. I mean, obviously, as a dad, I, um, my nature and my, you know, the way I'm wired is to provide and protect for the family. But as a mom, you know, to see one of our kids going through that and then have the courage to speak up, you know, especially a mom who's a chiropractor, it's like, man, we should be able to fix these things. But to recognize like, hey, this is beyond our current scope. Let's seek out, you know, some additional help. Um, and not only like just hand her over to someone else, but like take the initiative and take responsibility and go, hey, I want you to help us, but I want to learn too. And so you've actually gone through several of the modules, yeah. continuing education with, you know, uh, Dr. Larry Polevsky and Tony Ebel and like all these things. And so now, you know, again, this is like turning, it's another situation where we're trying to turn this challenge i don't like to call it a failure or a problem but we turn this challenge into an opportunity to become better right. you know and i i did that with race the wolf and collectively you know mostly you but collectively collectively we're doing that with layla's situation too and i think just to wrap up you know the podcast for today i think if you're listening we just want to encourage you that um <clears throat> if you still have breath in your lungs god's got a purpose for your life meaning you know, God's always had a purpose for your life, but meaning even if you're going through something really, really challenging or you've already gone through something really, really challenging, you know, I believe that there's an opportunity there to press into God's purpose and plan for your life, but also take responsibility to become better, you know, to become stronger, to become more knowledgeable, to learn more, to apply more um, so that you can, you can become better because of the situation. And in our experience, you know, just in the last year with Layla and with Race the Wolf and countless other examples, you know, previously in life, 
we can attest to the fact that fortune really does favor the brave, but it requires bravery. You know, what I said on stage in Dallas and, and it's still resonating in my spirit is that everything you've ever wanted it is on, everything you've ever wanted is on the other side of fear. You know, I think the main reason why we don't take action, why we don't do certain things is because we're afraid. We're afraid that it's going to hurt. We're afraid we're going to fail. We're going to afraid we're not smart enough or that we're not fit enough or that we're not capable enough. And the reality is you may not be, but you'll never know unless you actually try. And even if you fail, that's fine. Life is not about failing. It's about getting back up and trying again, trying again, trying again. So we just want to encourage you, you know, fortune favors the brave, get out there, take risks, be brave, act out of boldness, act out of courage. Um, and you know, goodness, if you have kids, <laughs> take them to the chiropractor, you know, yeah. if you live in Coeur d'Alene, bring them here. We'll take great care of them. We've got tons of babies and kids in our practice. And if you don't um, live here, but if you don't, yeah, we have a network of amazing chiropractors all across the country. Yeah. Find, them, find, find a max living doctor. Just go to maxliving.com and there's a little drop down window where you can, you can type in your location and it'll find you the nearest office. And um, yeah, you can get plugged and you can tell them you heard us, uh, heard us on the podcast when your health and um, yeah, you'll be better off for it. So thanks for listening. Um, stay tuned. We'll have more great stuff for you next week.